for Jesus, the living Christ. He sits on the throne. He's alive and paying attention to you right now. I, I was sick last week really bad. I was really, really sick. And the song said, Jesus, speaking the name of Jesus, I was really sick. And all week I was pumping, I bought $30 worth of medicine. I had thorough flu. I had all kind of stuff. And I'm taking this stuff. And I'm taking this stuff. And wasn't nothing happening. So by Wednesday, Thursday, I'm like, okay, that's enough of that. I need me some antibiotics. So I called to give me some antibiotics. And the first pill I took, the next morning I felt completely better. And it dawned on me. See, I was using the wrong medicine. I was using the wrong thing trying to satisfy my need. And what I know in here we have a problem with today is we're using the wrong thing to try to take care of our problem. We're using the wrong things to try to solve our problem. But the very second that we use what's supposed to be, that we ingest what's supposed to be, things change. See, when we insert the name of Jesus, everything changes. See, we're going to talk about mathematics today. When you insert the name of Jesus, everything changes. So you can have a cake, don't put no sugar in it. It's going to be trash. Have a brand new car, don't put no oil in it. It's going to break. Until you put the right ingredient into your issue, nothing will change. So I need some of y'all to get on your feet and shout the name of Jesus. If you got a problem in your life and you tired, you're tired of your issue. You're tired of your problem hunting you. You're tired of your bills telling you what they're going to do to you. You're tired of your singleness telling you what it's going to do to you. You're tired of your marriage not being right. You're tired of your relationship with your mama not being right. I need you to give God something so heaven hears you and moves. Jesus! Hallelujah! We worship you. We glorify you. We praise you. I won't let the rocks cry out for me. I'll praise you for myself. Hallelujah! You're worthy and I honor you today. You woke me up this morning, and you didn't have to. You keep keeping me and keeping me, no matter if I deserve it or not. And we got to get to the place where we stop praising God for what we want, but start praising for what he already has done. Y'all heard the woman of God. Next week is Resurrection Sunday. We're not waiting for Easter Sunday to start praising God. That's what we should be doing every day, because his mercies, as the Bible say, are new every morning. So every morning you wake up to a new set of grace, a new set of mercy, a new set of guidance, a new set of deliverance, a new set of, ah, come on. We better start praising God. We better start getting in our spirit what we, what was, listen, pay up. Pay up. When somebody owe you money, you going like, man, run me my money. Run me my money, bro. You owe down. We, too many of us in here, owe way too much to him. Pay up. We owe down. We de he deserves our worship and our praise. We should be doing that no matter what situation we're in, no matter what the situation, we should be worshiping the king. What we don't understand is why we're doing that. Y'all already heard the old school, when praises go up, blessings come down. Oh, that's based on scripture. When we get into our plant in our space where we depend on God for everything, see, now I'm talking to myself. When we can get to the point, no matter what the situation is, no matter what they say, no, whoever say no, or whoever say deny, or whoever don't pick up the phone, I'm going to say, God, I'll bless your name anyway. I thank you for the rejection. I thank you for the denial. I thank you for the door shut. I don't care what they said. I'm going to worship you anyway. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to scream victory anyway. And when we get to that point, he say, now you ready. Now I can move. Now you're where, you're where I need you to be because the whole point of this is to mature us and create a maturity and growth in us that he can use for somebody else. Remember, we got to be found fruitful. If, when, it, when, when my home store touchdown, down, we jump. I, I, we, we jump for everything else. 
But when God does something for us, we cry like, I just be between me and God. No, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, great King, King of kings and Lord of lords. King of kings and Lord of lords. That means he's king over your problem too. See, y'all got a lot of problems in here. I've been talking to a lot of y'all in the last couple of weeks. It is a lot of issues. I need y'all to start depending and leaning and putting your weight on the name and the power of the Holy Spirit. And his name is Jesus. See, I, I can lead you to it, but I can't make you drink. I can, I can bring you where God wants you to be. I can't make you take it. And too many of y'all should be bursting in praise. Because though your issue is stacked up against you, God still lets you come into the house of God. You're still standing here looking good. Oh, I got some problems too. Oh, I, got, I, 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 I stand before the people that we got some, some things we got to deal with too, church. I know we got to move pretty soon. And every time I go into a meeting or go somewhere, it seems, not to, uh, seems to fall apart. And I start to let the devil whisper in my ear. So what you start trying to do is medicate yourself. You start taking Tylenol when, when you need something else. You need antibiotics. And you start trying to do other things, and then you let doubt creep in. And then fear creeps in. And, and, and then God gave me this lesson today. We're going to talk about it. Six things we need to do to get God to move. And, and I was sitting there in this word, and I was eating it this week. And I was like, come on, devil. We just going to, come on, man. It is what it is. Like, I, I ain't scared of you. And we fought all week, all night, every night. Most nights my wife was up talking to me, trying to just keep, and I thank God for a good, a praying wife, bro. Hey, single man, get you one. That'll pull you through some long nights. That'll pull you through some hard nights. And sit up and pray when you're done praying. Go, go, to the, go to the altar when you're through. When you didn't count it yourself like, I'm not doing this no more. And she'll pick to put the team on her back. When you, when you out of it, it was, a, it was a fight this week, but I was determined this morning. Oh, I'm coming into the house of the Lord. It says, coming to his gates with praise. I came in in tears worshiping. Like, I refuse to let, let the devil or any circumstance steal from me what God has for me by stealing my praise from me. I got a hoodie I, wor I, I wear sometimes. Worship is my weapon. It's how you tear it down in the supernatural. Remember, we battle not against flesh and blood. We are battling spirits and principalities and high places. We are battling something bigger than our fist. And how you whoop on his head is by worship and prayer and fasting. Remember, and getting our weight up and getting before God, putting our face before God. And that's what I'm going to encourage y'all to do today. Get your face before him and listen and worship him. When, it, when you don't want to say nothing, but I don't like you, God. Oh, I've been there. Lord. I cannot be hot humble, uh, hot, uh, humble, open, and transparent. Like, it's been time I say, I'm through with you. You played me. Oh, this is me, the pastor. I'm done. You played me. Like, I, you, you didn't show up like you said you would. And I've given you everything. And I've had these frustrating, these frustrating moments with him. Like, I, I, why you said you was a keeper. You said you was Jaira. You talking about Shalom and, and Rafa. I don't feel very healed. I don't feel like there's no peace right now. And some of y'all are at that point where you're like, man, I don't even, I'm not, my spirits are so low. And y'all keep trying and trying. And, and that's why y'all here right now. Like, Lord, this is my last effort to get to you. And, and what he's saying today is just call on my name. And so what he's saying, John chapter 15, whatever you use, whatever you speak using my name. 
That's the authority. It's in the key. If, if I go into somewhere and say, yeah, a, a president sent me to do this. The, a, a, a President Biden sent me to do this. President, whoever the president at the time sent me to do this. I come at it with authority of the president. When I say the president says for me to do ABC, everybody lines up with ABC. When I say the president sent me to do this, this, that, they know that I'm coming as an ambassador, as in holding the same authority as the one who sent me. And some of y'all, he's saying, I need you to take my name into your situation and say in Jesus' name. Because when you insert that name and that authority, things have to move. It says demons tremble at that name. It says demons tremble at that name. I mean, the demons, the one that's messing up your life, messing with you, tremble at that name. You got to insert the name Jesus into your problem. Surrender your heart and your way and your will to him. And our money back guarantee you he'll come into your life and change it. I can guarantee you that. But you have to submit yourself to Jesus. You have to turn to him. Repentance is simple. You're going one way, you're living your life, you're doing your thing, you're doing whatever, you stop, and you just turn and go away from the thing that was keeping you away from God and go the other way. It's that simple. And some of us just need to get repented and say, Jesus, I trust you. And he say, that's what I've been waiting for. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. And then the peace comes. So now your, your problem don't always change, but the peace will come first. That way you ain't even worried about it the same way you work. And, and then God will start tweaking problems and tweaking stuff. Then you realize your problem changing. And then you realize that other things are because you spoke and submitted to the name Jesus, to the word of God. God, we, we I don't want us to jump over, but... The Holy Spirit is present today, and he wants you. He wants your issue for real. He, listen, he a problem fixer. He likes problems. <laughs> he, he would love to exchange you your problem. It says, cast your cares on me. I'll take it. <laughs> because there's nothing you're dealing with that's too much or too big for him. It's just too big for you. So he said, put it on me. I am more than enough. And what, that's really what he's waiting for. Y'all to trust him fully 100%, not 99.9%. See, that was me. I was like 99.8. Like, I trust you, Lord, until there's one little piece right here. Mm -mm. He's a 100% kind of God. He wants you to just give it all to him and walk away. And I pray there's some people in here that leave here today with that mindset, like, I'm not no more. I don't, listen, I don't care the mistakes you made that, made, that put you in the situation you in. That doesn't matter. You know how many times in the Bible people have put themselves in mess and called upon the name of the Jesus of repentance and God just cleared it out? Repentance is the key. When you repent and submit, that's, forget what you did to put you in it. He'll use that. He'll turn that lemon into lemonade. He's a lemonade maker and it's sweet. That's all y'all got to do today. Let's get into some word. Hallelujah. God, we've been in this series called what? Y'all mm. here today. We've been in this series called what? Bro. And I got a lesson for y'all. See, I, this is my pre-Easter lesson. And I do a pre-Easter, post-Easter this year because uh, a Resurrection Sunday is like my like personal favorite kind of day of the year. 
since I'm kind of a gospel junkie and a resurrection Jesus junkie, like that's the thing that like last year I, I taught a lesson. It was called Game Changer. And it was like Goku was up there on fire when he did Ultra Instinct and when he got in the anime. And in the anime, what's wrong with this generation? Y'all don't watch Dragon Ball Z? Oh, gosh. Y'all Roblox and Minecraft. Like, what are y'all doing? And he was standing there on fire. And when he went Ultra Instinct, things changed. And, and, and what I want us to do is get ready every year. And, and this day, this very, very special day for a person that believes in Jesus and calls the name of Jesus and calls himself a Christian. This is like everything for us. Because this is the day that it, it changed. So I wanted to warm us up and ease us into that day. We're going to celebrate next week and ease us out. And, and I want to I get this in y'all. Today, our, our lesson is called Addition by Subtraction. And, and, addition, and I want to get us ready. And, 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 and see, see, addition by the subtraction, when you, when, you, when, you, when you want to add something, sometimes you have to take something away. Um, when you, and, and you lose some weight, you have to subtract some food. And add some help. Y'all can look at me and tell me I ain't been missing, I ain't been subtracting too much lately. You can always tell who's really not subtracting that much. You can always tell who's really not sacrificing very much. See, how God, God's math works different than our math. See, he says, sow and you will reap. He works different. And I got a handful of people in the Bible that will testify that God works in addition by subtraction. I got somebody called Gideon who had 32,000 men, and he was ready to go up against the army like, yeah, I'm ready. 32, y'all with me? Yeah, we with you. And God said, nope, too many. Too many people. He said, no, nah, no, take some more. So Gideon's like, okay, five of y'all go home. You know, that's how I would do. It went to, from 32,700 to like 32,695. I'm like, is that enough, God? So he said, oh, five people. He said, nope, too many. So he took them over to the river and everything, and, he, and God told him what to do, and, and he said, there we go, just right. And it was 300 men left. And God said, that's just right. <laughs> See, God don't need much to do big things. See, ask somebody. I know there's somebody in the, in the, body, in the, in the Bible called Shemgar. And, and he, had, uh, he whooped on 600 men with an ox code. Just beating up out there 600 men. There's somebody in there called Samson. See, this is one y'all may know. He whooped on 1,000 men with a donkey's jawbone. See, God don't need a lot to do big things. And what I want to get us to understand is that God is an addition by subtraction kind of God. He wants to add to you, but first he needs you to take some things away. He wants to add to his life, but see, somebody had to go to the cross. Something had to be subtracted. Somebody had to sacrifice and give up something for it to be addition, for you to walk around in free, in free, victory and freedom, uh, freedom and victory. See, he's an addition by subtraction kind of God. See, see, I know somebody in the, body, in, in the Bible. Y'all remember them three Hebrew boys? See, see, you can take away, you can try to take away my freedoms, and you can try to take away my, 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 my political freedoms, but you just give me faith. See, he's an addition by subtraction kind of guy. See, I know somebody in the Bible named David. Little bitty boy compared to Goliath. God don't need much to do big things in your life. All he's waiting for is you. All he's waiting for is, is as the word said, call out the name of Jesus. Watch this, watch this, watch this. I, I, I want to do an analogy for y'all. Uh, Alicia, come help me out. I need, I need some. I asked her this for $5. And she can she can loan me five dollars. Actually, it's not a loan because I ain't giving it back. And, and, and I need some. I need addition. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Addition by subtraction. That's the end of the analogy. They're like, and now I'm usually up here doing stuff. But that's it. See, I got a question for y'all today. Will we give ourselves up to get some of Christ? 
when we give up ourselves to get Christ, we, see, it has to be an addition by subtraction. So some of us got to subtract ourselves to get God to be the addition in our lives. And see, some of us have to subtract the sin in our life to get God to do the supernatural that we've been praying for. See, that's the problem with most of us. And I want to ask you a question. Will, you give up our, will we give up ourselves to get Christ? Are we willing to subtract ourselves so God can add to our life? I thought I would leave the intro simple today. And I got to talk about this. There's just six subtractions we need to make it to get God's addition. There's six subtractions we need to make today to get God's addition. John chapter 6, verse 1. We right into it. Y'all ain't never seen me get into it that fast, huh? Yeah. Y'all getting out early today. Sure you are. John chapter 6, verse 1. Here we go. Let's go. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of, the, far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill, sat down with his disciples around him. Verse 4, it was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of the people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Point number one, pass the test. See, we're going to have God's addition by subtraction. First thing we need to do is pass the test. When God puts you in a, when God puts you in an impossible situation in your life, it is a test. He will never put you in a situation that's impossible for you to fail. So if he puts you in a situation that's literally impossible, you got these 5,000 men, not including women and children. So we talking about like we're going to average the average Jewish families around for two couple kids. So I just say it's around not women included. So we're talking about we're going to say around 20,000 people. And he, still, he looks over at his disciple like, feed him. Now, I don't know about y'all. But if I'm, I'm, I'm just like Philip, like you look over and he say, feed them, like you feed them, I'm going to feed them. You see these people? I ain't got no money with you. What you mean feed them? Point one, pass the test. If God is putting you in an impossible situation that you know you cannot get out of, it is a test of your faith. Let's go, keep going. Verse six again. He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Jesus already knows what you're going to do. It is a test. Verse 7, Philip replied, even if, the work, even if, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Point number two, watch your mouth. Give up fear, doubt, worry. His fear affected his posture. See, when God told him, when Jesus asked him to feed, uh, to feed the people, fear set in. See, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He started making excuses. Look what he did. Let's look at it again. He says, he says, if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money. And I was sitting there studying, getting ready to preach to y'all. And God said, uh-huh, deal with yourself. I'm thinking, God, if we work for years, we ain't going to have enough money to get that building. And he, he was testing me. See, before I could come out and give y'all this, God really dealt with me on this. I almost wanted to avoid my notes all week just so I don't have to keep getting beat up in the notes. See, when God puts you in a possible situation and speaks you to do something or tell you something is yours or tell you to believe him something that's impossible, it's a test. He plans to move in your life. Shut your mouth telling him what can't happen or what you're going to have to do to make it happen. Watch your mouth. Watch, give up fear and worry. It doesn't equate in the equation. It doesn't make sense in the equation in your life when you start inserting fear and doubt and worry when God is and Jesus is asking you to do something. 
Moses, walk across, hold out your, go across, say to people, how am I going to do that? I gave you a staff, hold it out and go. He, all he had to do was move. He, he's complaining to God and worrying to God when he already gave him provision. He just had to move. And too often what we do in our life is God puts a test in our life, an impossible situation. And we don't do what David do. We don't look and say, uh-uh, that's an uncircumcised giant. That ain't from God. He has no covering. This is going to be easy picking. That's what David did. He looked at the giant and said, he, he, who's this uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this 10-foot guy who has no protection? I'm a little five-foot ruddy boy, the Bible say, but I can look at you and say, you no match for me because you have no God and you have, you know, this mine. <laughs> so he was out there. He was able to go out there with great confidence. I love the story about David because David didn't wait for Goliath to come up to him. He pursued him. They say when the battle started, he went running towards David. <laughs> he, see, some of us are so scared, we kind of pity. God, is this the way you want us to go? Oh, God, thank you, Holy Spirit. Is this the way you want us to go? We just going to baby step that direction because we're not sure. And we see the giant. And well, Kiko, we just scared of the giant. And we're going to baby step. David looked and said, mm-mm, that's not of God. Let's go. And ran out to the battle. Some of us, we do this. We avoid it. We avoid the problem. We won't even go see the doctor because we're so scared of what he's going to say. So we just avoid it until we about pass out. Because God said, you're scared of something. It's a giant in your life. I've put you in this thing. The Bible says all things work together for the good of those who what? Love God and who are called according to his purposes. So what we need to do is start looking at them giants like, "Uh uh-uh. That's not God's will for my life. And going at it. Watch this. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Verse 8. Verse 8. Then Andrew, Simon Peter. Here go Peter. Big mouth Peter. Spoke up. Talk a little too much. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with a huge crowd? Here we go again. Running our mouth, Peter. Thanks a lot for adding to this. Point three, give up your understanding. See, see, he said, we got this boy here with these two fish and these barley loaves, but what good is that? What good is this going to do with a crowd like this? Didn't he say, bring me, give me, give me Proverbs 3, 5. Didn't he say in Proverbs 3, 5, uh, NLT, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you with path to take. I like the message version. It says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. You wasn't designed to fix problems. You was designed to obey and worship. He was a problem fixer. He says, he says, listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Peter, shut up. What a good is this little two fish and this five loaves with a crowd so big? Well, let's look how good it is. Matter of fact, let me put out this. Let's go to point four. Give up speaking debt. First, he leans on his own understanding. Then he speaks out, what good is this with such a huge crowd? Back again to this talking thing. Watch what you say. And see, we got a lesson coming up in this series called Shut Your Mouth and Know Your Role. Because to all the, our only job, Jesus never told us to do anything to speak and believe in faith. We need to shut our mouth sometimes and know your role. Who used to do at the rock? If you smell what Jesus is cooking. Because too often, our job is to keep our face before the Lord, honoring him, leaning not on our own understanding, walking in his ways, being found faithful, being found fruitful. So when he shows up, boom. But we're too busy trying to juggle ourselves and network ourselves and do everything ourselves when that wasn't the job. Give up speaking debt to watch your mouth. Even when your faith is struggling, speak life anyway. 
my marriage is going to make it. My, this is gonna, my kid is going to be okay. Even when you're seeing something completely opposite, even when your baby, you got a bad report, I'm a, I shall live, I shall not die. Watch your mouth. Speak victory over yourself sometimes. Go in there where your kids are sleeping, just pray and speak over them. Wives, go over there and just speak victory of your husband. Husband, go over there and put your hand on the bills and just speak what the word of God says over it. We have to watch what we're speaking. Again, this is a test. God knows. Watch this, watch this. Verse 9. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with, a huge, with this huge crowd? Verse 10. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. He said, okay, I gave y'all a chance and y'all just, yeah, let me handle this for y'all. See, God is still a God of grace. See, they failed the test, but they didn't stop him from moving. See, God, some of y'all are fair, so, so jacked up, like, I've sinned, and I've messed up, and y'all, I blew it. Uh-uh, uh-uh. See, we serve a God of ultimate grace. See, see, even when you, all you got to do sometimes is keep your ear planted on him. Keep your eyes on him. See, Peter had a problem with that when he was walking on water. He took his eyes off the power. He took his eyes off his deliverance. He took his eyes off his, what was sustaining him. And the minute you take your eyes off, keep your eyes on Christ. Keep your eyes on the one. He says, I look to the hills from which cometh my help. Don't start, stop looking up to them hills. Watch this. He says, he says, sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone number 5,000. The men alone number 5,000. So it didn't even number the women. It just counted the heads of the families. So we estimate 16 to 25,000 people. Did some theologians estimate. Verse 11. Then Jesus took the loaves. He gave, he gave thanks to God. And he distributed it to the people. Point five, give up your resources. The boy had a real choice to make. I got mine. Y'all hungry, not me. Peter over here talking about some. All we have is, is two fish and five loaves. I would have been like, no, I have two fish and five loaves. Like, Y'all ain't got nothing. My mama made my lunch. I would have been sitting in the corner like, bro, I'm not giving y'all my lunch. Like, y'all were not getting my last. So y'all can eat and I can sit here. See, some of us, that's how we are. God said, give me that last thing. Give me your last. See, some of us get paid. Our check is $1,000. And our rent is $700. Our car payment is $100. Our cell phone is $100. And we got to eat off the last 100 And we won't tithe. Because we will say, where's my last? And God will understand. He's okay. See, if there's no subtraction, I can't add nothing. If you don't obey my word and line up with my word, I can't deliver you. So you will keep living check to check until you realize to line up with my word. Give up your resources to understand God is the source. And he will resource you out all the time. He will send resources to you you didn't even ask for. He will send things into your life and people in your life. Uh, man, I didn't ask for no realtor. And this realtor emailed me from a conversation that Pastor Ant had with his wife in Chick-fil-A. God's chicken, my son calls it. Cameron said, that's Jesus' chicken. And, and by, by way of that, this man contacts us and then takes us to lunch. And his wife, prophetic as she is, they're in their probably 70s, beautiful people. And she says, God hears every prayer. And she was a white woman, so she turned red. So you can see, you can see the spirit shifting her. And she's, her, her tears, is, her eyes is filled up with tears. And she said, we pray for y'all every morning in our devotionals. God hears every prayer and he's going to answer them. Now, see, I was over here stressing and worrying and, and freaking out. You know, preaching to y'all with a little bit of freaking, just freaking out just a little bit. And God said, let me, let me send a resource into their life. 
And, and so we went to visit this property, and I didn't really want to go, like, why are we going here? Like, what are we here for? We can't afford this. And the river's like, oh, let's go. Like, he got more faith than me, the pastor. And he walks us to the building, and, and why before we walk out, he says, I believe God's going to get you out of this building one day. I'm like, yeah, yeah maybe in about 20 years. Like, still went in my mouth like Peter. Faith is low. And, and, and God had to send somebody else to, put the, to carry me. He had to send somebody. See, he'll put, see, we always look at resources as a bill to be paid. See, God said, I need faith for this movement. And I don't see yours, Pastor, but I'm going to give you grace and send a random to have faith and walk it through for you and believe me for it for you. And then he said, hey, when y'all get this, I'm coming to serve. Am I making this up, Pastor Anna Essis? He said, when y'all get this, don't worry, I'm coming to help y'all build it and serve. See, God said, I'm thinking way ahead of you. And you so busy looking at the, the giant, you so busy looking at the Goliath, how big it is, you so busy looking at the church bank account, you're not paying attention to me. It's six things I need you to give up because my addition is different. I'm addition by subtraction. I'm the only one that take a bunch away, leave you with a little bit of nothing, and do big things. See, I don't want you to have a bunch of stuff because then you're going to get the credit. See, I don't, no, 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 no. This is my blessing. This is my supernatural. You don't get to come get none of this. This is for me. This is my glory. I, can, I only need mustard seed. I only need a little bit to do big, big things. He said, you just have mustard seed faith. You can talk to mountains and say, move into the sea, and the mountain going to get up and go into the water. He said, I just need you to have a little bit of faith. I just need you to depend on me. And some of us are struggling because we don't have much faith. He said, uh-uh, be careful. I'm addition by subtraction. I love it when you, you see, you see, Paul says, I prayed thrice. He said, I kept beseeching, beseeching God. Please give me my husband. Please pay this bill. He says, uh-uh, and, and he, he said, each time. So, you know how God gives us an answer we pray again? <laughs> see, Paul had prayed and God answered him the first time. He said, each time, he said, my grace is sufficient. Watch this. This is my favorite part of it. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And I started studying that life. So the weaker we are, the more powerful he is. The lower that we get, the more the spirit of God raises. So what he's waiting for us to get to the last bit of yourself, what he's waiting for you to get to the last little piece of yourself, she said, now is my time to step in. That's what he do. He waits till the army is right up on you. The children of Israel were standing between. And it's funny because God told him to go back that way. He knew it was going to be a mountain on each side of the sea. And then he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Whoa, wait. So they weren't even tripping on us. You're going to harden his heart to make him chase us. And then you tell us to turn around and go back where you knew he was going to be at a dead end. Just so you can make us down and out. Just so you can show us who you really are. See, God, don't, he don't want to do nothing regular. In his people's life. He's a supernatural kind of guy. So he needs to set up a supernatural event. Where you can't do nothing but call on the name of Jesus. You have nothing left in you but to scream Jesus. And what he's waiting for is when you get desperate enough. When you get desperate enough that you stop caring who's looking. You stop caring who's looking people you. You stop saying I ain't going to look like a tough guy. And you say Jesus I need you. And at that point. At that point. Stuff starts shaking. And things in your life start breaking. See, I'm reminded of Paul and Cyrus. They in jail, and they shackled up, and they wrapped up, and things ain't well, and they in there. Glory, glory, hallelujah. They in there just worshiping and worshiping. And it said around midnight, things start to shake. Things start to change. Gates start to fall. Chains start to fall off. What he's waiting for is you to get to the end of yourself. 
And when you stop and just start worshiping, like we said when we started this morning, and just start blessing his holy name and the beauty of holiness, and you get to the point where you're through with yourself, when your contacts don't work no more, when your, when your husband can't fix it for you no more, when sex can't fix it, weed can't fix it, drinking can't fix it, clubbing can't fix it, and you at the end of yourself. Working out, going to the gym, don't fix it. And then all you got left is, Lord, I need you. Lord, I surrender. He said, that's exactly what I was waiting for. Now let me cook. Let me cook in your life. Let me do what I do in your life. See, what we got to do is give up our resources. Sometimes we got to give up our time. What he's asking for us is our time, our talent, and our treasure. And some of us ain't been in church in years. I don't, I don't want to, I'm going there, y'all. I have to. Some of us ain't gave God no time, but we give our jobs 80 hours a week. And when it's time for church, 90 minutes, uh, uh, I ain't played Madden all week. I ain't got on the live with my homies on 2K in all week. He said, I will never be able to do what I need to do in your life. Some of us need to give up our resources. See, time is a big one. Some of us still struggle to give. He said, if you only knew, you're selling, you're settling for pennies. You're settling for pennies. Yeah, you're doing all right, but you're settling for pennies. What I have for you is exceedingly, abundantly. Say it with me. Above all, you can ask or say it, say it again for me. Say above all, you can what? He's trying to give you things you wasn't even thinking about. See, 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 I've seen this property for a while. And I just said, cool beans, and kept scrolling. And, and I didn't even think to ever ask God for it because I knew that's too big. And, and then all of a sudden, prophetic things start coming to me about this space. I believe God showed me that was yours. God showed me that's what y'all was going to be. I'm like, the one over there with the, with the thing in the, that's the one. Hey, what you know about it? I don't know nothing about it. God just showed me. You lying. Like, God started prophetically saying stuff. And now I'm challenged in my, in my lesson this week. I'm challenged in God's word this week. I'm challenged in prayer this week to believe God for something that is completely impossible, that is completely supernatural. And I think it's a few of y'all in here that's in the same situations where you're believing God for something that is completely don't make sense. But you know what pastors say? It's only crazy till it happens. See, it's only crazy till you get the keys. See, it's only crazy until, he, until you're walking down the aisle. See, it's only crazy till the approval come and you weren't even tripping on it. See, it's only crazy until God say, let it be so. So what we need to be doing is giving up our resources. We need to give up our time, get in the house of God. We are living in a day, we just came out of a pandemic where we were stuck at home. We could not leave. It was some people in this world that if you went out in the streets, they beat you. It was places in the world where if you went outside to walk your dog, they beat you back into your house. You got to understand what the times that we're living in now. We're living in a time where we won't even go up to nobody. We, we would not, if somebody said, we was about to get off me, bro, back up. We was ready to fight people for a cough because we like, they're going to give us COVID. We, are, we was living in a time, do y'all understand what time and day and hour that we're living in? Where they're pumping up things to our children, pumping up things in culture, and it's literally killing us. We're living in a time that they will not stand and tolerate sound doctrine anymore. If you preach Jesus, they will come for you. They will not tolerate, they go go with their itchy ears when they hear. They, they want somebody to appease their sin and satisfy their sins. Do y'all understand what we're living in now? This is not a time for you not to be in the house of God. This is not a time for you not to be learning sound doctrine to help guide your life and keep you in a season like this where God can crack the, top, crack the sky and come back any moment. This is not a time for that. 
This is not a time for you not to be trusting God. Man, it's not a time for you not to be home with your wives. It's not a time for that. I know that everything else, I know you got to grind, and I know everything else you need to do, but this is not a time for you not to be at home covering your wife and your children. If you don't cover them, somebody will. And I ain't talking about her cheating. So we, we, social media will be her husband. You never tell her she's beautiful. So all the likes and shares and the comments is what she started going to. See, y'all don't want that. See, that's, that's the real. And, and see, if you don't parent your kids, don't worry. Uh, the game will. And I've seen some video games lately that got more cleavage. I'm like, why do they have her shirt cut that low in this dang kids game? It'll teach your kids all about sex if you don't. It, it'll, work, it'll get them ready for it. If you don't love them, don't worry. It's a whole world to say, we'll love them. We'll teach them. We're living in a day and hour where people are walking in churches and, and Christian schools shooting them up. Literally killing children. Do y'all understand where we're living? Y'all be on y'all timelines. This is not a time for us to be out of the house of God. This is not a time for us not to be planted, hearing the word of God. This is not a time for us not to be serving God and being found faithful and fruitful in our lives. This is not a time for that. Give up your resources. Verse 9. Let's go to verse 9. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. What What good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sit down on the grassy slopes, the men alone number 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed, distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Verse 12, after everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled the two of throw bags with scraps. They left the people who had the eat, had eaten from them. Uh, uh, they left the people who had eaten from them the five barley loaves. Then people saw him do this miraculous. Then people saw him do this miraculous sign. And they exclaimed, "Surely, he is the prophet we all been expecting." When Jesus saw that, they were ready to force him to be their king. He slipped away into the hills by himself. Now I got to give y'all this in Matthew. This is John's call to it. But I got to give y'all this in Matthew. Point six. Give up your disobedience. It's our last one. Let me run y'all back through them. Pass the test. Watch your mouth. Give up fear, doubt, and worry. Give up your understanding. Give up speaking death. Give up your resources. Give up your disobedience. Addition by subtraction. Something got to go. I got to read y'all Matthew's, Matthew's, uh, watch what Matthew say. See, this is Matthew's account of it. It's very similar. Watch. As soon, verse 13, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in the boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had a compassion and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, "This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy some food for themselves." But first, he seen Jesus. But Jesus said, "This isn't necessary. You feed them." I remember this part in John. He said, "This is a test." But verse seventeen, he said, "But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish." They answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people, sit down on the grass. He just took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and he blessed them. Watch this. Here we go. Breaking the, breaking, the lo- breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed them to the people. Point six, give up your disobedience. Because some of us, after God gave you a little bit, see what happened is it multiplied in their hands. Jesus didn't do it, multiplied. Everybody looked down, it was bread and fish everywhere. He blessed it. He gave up his resources, 
to God. He subtracted what he had, gave it to God. God, Jesus blessed it and gave it back to him to distribute. In their hands was how it, how it grew. In, his, in their hands, how it replicated. So I got to actually move. So part of this whole thing to see God do supernatural, I have to move in obedience. I have to give up my disobedient spirit to move because he gave it to them. And what did he say? He gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. That means I have to go and serve. I have to be found fruitful. Remember, the fruit on your tree is not for you. No tree grows fruit for itself. So I have to have fruit in my life that's indicative so somebody else can get it, that's indicative of the one who saved me, and somebody, it has to be for somebody else. Mute that stage for me. It has to be for somebody else. Yes. See, God blesses it after you give it to him and gives it back to you. And say, now, steward it well. Go out and distribute it and be good with it. The scripture that say be good, be, be ready to do good to all mankind, especially the body of believers. We should have a piece of us that's ready, always ready to bless the people of God, serve the people of God. And I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about our gifts. Some of y'all are gifted, but nobody gets your gift but you and Instagram. Your gift is only for you. He blessed it, broke it, gave it back to them. Multiplication happened in their hands. See, when we subtract our doubt, subtract our fear, subtract our silly speaking and give it to Jesus... He goes and multiply it in our hands. So you mean to tell me, Pastor, when I trust God with my giving? Yeah. You mean, Pastor, when I trust God with my top? Yeah. The whole point is he wants to replicate it and do the multiplication in your life. He wants people to see you, see your obedience, see what God has done for you, and come in and bless that. And then he wants, what did he say? I'll prune you so you produce more fruit. In John chapter 15, the whole purpose of it to be your tree, your life, your situation, your relationship, your children, your family, is to be fruitful so somebody else can look at what y'all do and say, we want to be like her. What church you go to? Can you pray for me? Can you work with me? Because whatever you're doing in your life, I need some of that. That's the fruit. You know that fruit of the spirit we're talking about? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. The nine things are supposed to come out of us when the, the Holy Spirit is guiding our lives. We're supposed to turn around. And do that, we're supposed to give up our disobedience and go out and actually let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. Yeah, that's how I go. If we want to experience supernatural by God, we have to be a church that's loving. That the people and, and, and come over the rules. See, back in the Old Testament, all it was all about the law. And they would stump on a person for the law. They will ruin a person for the law. They would stone people literally for if you broke the law. And, and what God is saying is grace, 70 times 7 a day, you ought to forgive your neighbor. I need you to be, I need you to practice and pursue agape, the unconditional love of God. So I have to subtract my flesh and love him anyway. I got to say sorry when I didn't do nothing. Kind of how I go. If we're going to call ourselves Christians, Christ-like individuals, and we're going to grow to be the people God really want us to be, we got to understand this addition by subtraction. It's a lot of you that got to go so a lot of him can come. His math is different than ours. Watch this, watch this. I got to show you all this. Take me back to uh, John chapter 6, verse 9. Now watch this. The very last verse, verse 15. I'm going to start at 14, actually. Yeah, I'm going to start at 14. When the people saw him do the miraculous signs, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we all been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. They only wanted Jesus because of what he could do for them. Remember, remember back 
And what was that verse? Verse, uh, uh, what was it? Um, um, verse one, it says, a huge, verse two, a huge crowd followed him wherever he went because they saw the miraculous signs that he, that he healed the sick. They only was following him because what they can get out of it. So I got to hit us here. My second question of the day. If God decided he ain't with what you're praying for, are you out? If God said, I'm not going to bless you, I'm not going to fix it. You're going to have to deal with that bill. I'm, I'm not going to get you out of it. Are you out? Because, see, it was thousands and thousands of people who followed Jesus around because he was blessing them. But they didn't want a disciple. There were only 12 disciples. A lot of people wanted their parents. Mm. They wanted their parents, but they denied the power thereof. They wanted to look Christian. They wanted to wear the three-piece suits. But they really didn't want to be Christian. They only wanted Jesus for their blessing. They only wanted, and the minute that the blessing came, see, this is why God won't bless a lot of y'all. Because the minute he gets you out, the minute he gives you that apartment, you and your boyfriend going to lay up. The minute he gives you that new job, you're not going to honor him with it anyway. See, that's why some blessings, because the minute God say, well, hold up. If I gave you this, you're going to be out. You're only following me and honoring me because of what I can do for you. You're really not interested in being a disciple. I remember the man, the rich man that came up to Jesus. What must I do to go to heaven? And Jesus knew in his heart, he said, keep the commandments. He said, I do all of those. Love my mama, love my neighbor, all that. He said, okay, now give up all you have and follow me. He had the point five. He had to give up his resources, and what did he do? The Bible says he walked away sad because he had a man, he was a man of many, he was rich. He had a man of many possessions. Will you give up your stuff? And that's why God won't do much for many of us. Because the minute he get us out, we're going to go right back. God, I'm, I'm here. And we all do this when we get into a mess. I promise you, if you just get me out of this and let me not go to jail, I'll fix it. I will never smoke again. If you just make this police not search my car, please. And the police come up like, man, just was going to give you a warning, man. Have a nice day. And you drive, I'm like, yeah, and go right to your homie house and fire up. But you just made a promise. And that's why a lot of us are not experiencing supernatural. Because we won't subtract our disobedience. Watch this. Salvation is free. But it costs him everything. I'm closing here. Salvation is free. But it costs him everything. Watch this. It was his subtraction for your addition. He subtracted himself. He had to give up himself on the cross so you can live free. Watch this. On the cross, I, me, Jesus has to die. But look what we gain from it. Look what we gain from our Savior, the one who loved us so much. Look what we get from it. Y'all can stay here today sinful as all get out and be counted as righteous, the righteousness of God. The Bible says, the Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for one reason. He who knew no sin, he was perfect. Jesus Christ lived perfect. He was perfect. He who knew no sin, he had never became sin. So why? You can become the righteousness. So you can be in right standing with this father. He became sin. He, he got on the cross and did it. I'll prove it to you. I want to prove it to you. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yeah, let's do this. Give me my band. Can y'all come help me? It's an easy. Is it 60? Y'all come on. Come, give me my band.
I want to come up here for me. I want to make this to give you a visual for this. I want to give you a visual for this. Come on up here. Look at these handsome young men. Come on up here. Yeah, there we go. That's pretty good. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Cool. Now, y'all come over here. Y'all go over there because y'all are a group. Y'all go over there. Over there. So this is how this go. Y'all bunch up. Come on, man. Y'all get all close. Y'all kick it every day. Stop it. I'm God. I'm Jesus. Each one of them represent a billion people. About seven billion people. I need some more billions. Brian, can you help me? I need some more billions. Tony, can you help me? Mr. Williams, Brian, can you help me? Come on, I need some more billions. I need about 10 billion up here. Where we at? Three, am I short? I can't count. I'm talking about addition by subtraction. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I need another one. Come on, Brenda. About 10 billion people who's ever lived and died and still living on this earth that we'll call. And he says, we got a problem here. They're all sinful. They all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I haven't. I know no sin. Hmm. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten perfect son that whoever believes in him shall not perish or have after everlasting life. It was exchange that happened. He who knew no sin became sin. So this is what happens. Switch me sides. I come over here. Bunch up. I'm going to take on sin. They're going to take on righteousness and holy standing. Crush it. Come crush it over there. Y'all get on there. I'm going to take on sin. It was a subtraction. I'll take on the burden. I'll die for you. For the ways of sin is, but the gift of God is, they live an internal life now. I had to die. I'll take on the debt. I'll let you live. Now, this is the problem sometimes. We have the audacity to spit in his face from over there. I got beat, the cat of nine tails. Bruised for your iniquities. Chastisement. They get to live free. I'll take the L. And he said it had to be a subtraction so y'all can have addition. I'll take on the, the payment, the debt, the work. I'll be separated from my father. I'll go down to hell. I'll handle the death penalty. I'll handle the wage so you can live free. And then we struggle and we suffer to give up. We struggle to do Romans chapter 12, verse 1, to give up our bodies as a living sacrifice. He said, well, look, I died for you. The least you can do is live for me. The least you can do is let me guide your life and bless you. But no, we like control of our own life. He said it has to be addition or subtraction. And in order for me to save 10 billion people, it took me having to give up myself. The Bible said he could have called down 12 legions of angels. He did not have to stay on the cross. He could have got off instantly if he wanted to. But he said, nah, God, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. As they're gambling in front of him. As they're talking about, you the king of the kings, the Lord, the Lord, get off this cross. <laughs> and he's like, Lord, they don't know what they're doing right now. I'll take it for them. Put it on me. Ugh. more blood fell out of the side. Then they poke him. Ugh. They say blood and water came out. Blood continued to run down. Imagine the cross and blood is coming down the wood and it's all, it's just a puddle because he's, he's been beat the day before multiple times. So his wounds, he's got wounds in his face and his head. It's just bloody everywhere. And he's standing there still subtracting himself for you. See, if it was me, I'd have seen them mocking me like, y'all see, just, just blew all of them away. He could have did it. He said, uh-uh, 
I subtract myself for their addition. Give them freedom. Give them my Holy Spirit. Give them, give it to them if they believe. Thank y'all. I, I want to prove this. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I want to prove this to y'all because as we get ready for Easter, I got five minutes. Romans chapter 8, watch this. What did it cost him? It's free for you, but what did it cost him? See, he had the subtraction. It was not free. It's just free for you. He added to your life for no reason. It's just free for you. What did it cost him? Romans chapter 8, verse 5, amplifying. While we were still helpless, powerless to provide for our, our salvation, at the right time, Christ died as a substitute. Here it go. For the ungodly. Now it is an extraordinary thing for one to willing to give his life for an upright man, though perhaps for a good man, one is noble and selfless and worthy, so one might dare to die. But God clearly, this ain't a mistake, it ain't foggy in the window. He clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, while you can do nothing for him, it wasn't quit pro crow, you live for me, I die for you. You can you wasn't you was dogging me out. And I'm going to take the L for you. Christ died for us, for us. Verse 9. Therefore, since we have been justified, declared free of guilt of sin by his blood, how much more certain is it that we will be saved from the wrath of God through him? Let me keep proving this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, anyone is, anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, is a new creature. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things, the previous moral spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. But all things, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him and gave us this mystery of reconciliation so that by our example we might bring others to him. By his example, of what he's doing in your life, by your belief, he might, others may come to him. Watch this, verse 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sins against them, but canceling them. I love that. He's not counting your sins against you anymore. Why? Because he's put that on the cross of Christ. So now we stand in right standing with his father because of what he's done on the cross. Canceling your sin debt. Because of faith in Christ has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. So verse 20, so we are ambassadors for Christ now. Ooh, we out here, we are representatives of him now. As though God were making his appeal through us. We as Christians, as Christ's representatives, plead with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God, please. He made Christ, who knew no sin, to judicially be seen on our behalf so that we that so that in him we will become the righteousness of God that is we will be made acceptable to him placed in right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness he who knew no sin became sin so we may become God's righteousness so that we will be made acceptable and placed in right relationship with God watch this one watch this one I like this one John first John chapter 2 amplify he says and he, that same Jesus, is the propitiation, appeasing God. Propitiation means to appease God. For our sins, the atoning sacrifice that holds back the wrath of God that would otherwise be directed at us because of our sinful nature. Otherwise, if not for Jesus, 
the wrath of God will be directed right at you. But he took it and he directed it to Christ, to, to Jesus on the cross. He put his wrath for sin on him. So he allowed everything that happened to him to happen to him. He took the wrath that should be directed at you and directed it at his son. Watch this. Watch this. Otherwise, it be directed at us because of our sinful nature, our worldly, our, world, our worldliness, and our lifestyle. Oh, I love that Amplify breaks that down. Because you want to live any way you want to. He got to keep get, the cross has to keep covering you. Because he knew y'all, he knew y'all was going to spit in his face and club and party and do it. No, not, not y'all, me too. He knew we was going to get up and not faith him, not believe him, not love people right, not treat people right. He says, because of your worldliness and your lifestyle, I had to take on the wrath of God for you. And not for ours alone, but also for the sins of the believers throughout the whole world. Them 10 billion people, the whole world has access to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Last one. John 3.16. Ooh, here we go. Amplify. We're going we to amplify this. For God has so greatly loved and deep and dearly prized the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believed and trusted him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the son into the world to judge or condemn the world, that is to initiate final judgment on the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes and has decided to trust him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, there is no judgment, no rejection, no condemnation. So when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, we'll have what we celebrate next week. When you put your faith in that, and that's the belief of your lifestyle, you cannot be judged. There's no rejection, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. But the one who does not believe has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord, is judged already. You ain't dead yet, but you judged already because you chose not to believe in Jesus Christ. So if that's going to be your thing, you don't want to accept him as Lord and Savior, fine, you judged already because you, you have no covering. So now the wrath of God is already declared for you in the end because you chose not to use his son as payment for it. See, this is simple. The payment for sin is already paid. The debt is already paid. Do you accept it or not? You have to accept the grace of God. The free gift of grace so no man can boast. We can't boast or take no credit for our own salvation. It's what he did. Do you receive that today? Because if you don't, see, these are the people that's actually going to hell. We like to be on church. You're going to hell if you blink twice. No, you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. See, the sin debt is paid on the cross. We just read he took his wrath and his anger and, put, and, and directed it towards Christ. The bill is paid. You got to accept that or not. See, we go to hell for not believing in Christ. Because the sin that he just said, your messed up lifestyle was actually paid for already. He put that all on the cross of Christ. See, you don't go to hell for sin. You go to hell for not accepting the sin bearer. Because your sin was paid for. And if you don't believe that, the word of God says you were condemned already. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world. He came to it to save it, that through him we may come to Christ. If you don't accept that as truth in the belief of your life, you will go to hell. It is some of the most amazing people that are atheists out there. Amazing people that will end up in hell. 
most beautiful people because they didn't believe that Christ, because no matter how great you are and nice you are, you've sinned. And the Bible says you committed one, you're guilty of them all. And only take one, if I hang one of y'all from this ceiling with a 10 link chain, how many links got to break for you to fall? The top one, the bottom one, the middle one? Any of them. Any link break, you're going down. So even if you just made one sin in your whole life, you have an all-white fit on, white Air Force Ones, white tee, white shark, and I come put my hand in some oil, ink, and say, boop, on your shoulder, boop. I just messed up the whole fit. Whole fit messed up, y'all go change clothes. Because what's pure, it can't be tainted at all, and the only one that was never sinned was Christ. So no matter how perfect you think you are, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, you will open your eyes in hell. And it's funny because some people are going to be super dirty and super sinful and open their eyes in heaven. And there's going to be some people in there like, how they here? The Bible says it's going to be many. Jesus said this, many will call to me, Lord, Lord. I prophesied it in your name. I cast out demons in your name. And they're going to run down their religious resumes. And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You who were workers of iniquity. You who are lawless and you who don't, who don't keep God's laws. And when we read that, the first thing we think, because we don't study, we read. We need to study the word of God. See, that's the law. We sit in the club. To hell you go. That is not. Go read it again and study it again. He says in John chapter 6, this is the will of my father. That anyone see, I, he said that I don't lose not one of you. This is the will of the father. That whoever believe in the son. And many of us going to go to heaven with our spiritual resumes. He's going to say, bye. You never really accepted me for your sin. You tried to work your way into my grace. You can't do that. He says, your righteousness is as what? Filthy rags. Translation, once a month, use rags by a woman. That's the translation in the Bible. So no matter how good you are, your righteousness, your ability to get right standing is no better than a woman's used. Thank you. We got kids in here. Y'all know what I mean. He said, if you don't completely, totally depend on what I've done for you, you're in jeopardy of hell. He says, it's already judged. That one has, not been, has been convicted of sin and sentenced because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten son, the one who is truly unique, the one of a kind, the only one who can save him. You didn't do that. And because we didn't do that, we opened our eyes. Good, good people, philanthropists, love people, feed the homeless, and that's not good enough. Because the wages of sin is death. Not physical death. We all gonna do that. He's talking about eternal separation from God, the life giver. And if you keep sinning with no covering, you get eternally, eternally separated from him. John chapter 6, verse 12. Watch this, God. Back to our story. Watch this. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so nothing, so that nothing was wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled the 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Now some, some theologians, y'all, some theologians believe that it was 12 baskets and we had 12 disciples. Uh, uh, some theologians believe, hey, you know, um, each disciple took a basket home. Which I know what I believe. I know what I believe. See, we had to give up our resources, and God will never let you outbe him giving. I actually believe them 12 baskets went home with that little boy. See, when God asks you to give up something or do something, 
he will never let you outbeat him giving. See, some theologians I've heard it, I, I studied that thing out of the basket with home the disciples. No, no, no. I feel like they had 12 men behind this little boy. Little boy kicked in there like, Mama, I'm home. Now y'all bring him on in. Bring, bring, set him in the corner. And Mama was like, what? But because he was willing to give up what he didn't really have to give, his last God increased. It was addition by subtraction. Now, earlier in this lesson, I asked a young lady to give me $5. So, can Denny, can you help me out? I, I, I need you to come back, Alicia. I need you to come back. See, I believe, I believe that what actually happened, can you put my thing up there for me, Pastor Ant? I believe what actually kind of happened was that it's kind of off. Can you fix that? I believe what kind of actually happened was that 12 baskets went home with the boy. It was exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. See, I was challenged to do this because it's been in my nose for a week. Then I see my big brother do it, and I'm like, I ain't doing that stuff now. I don't think I stole it. But, but see, she gave me $5. She gave her what she didn't have. So I thought, well, she, she, she gave me 5 See, God would never let you outbeat him giving. So I thought, like, well, you just have, we just give her a lot of fives. So we go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 95, 100, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 70, 75, 80, 85, 95, 100. Now, this is what I need y'all to do. Because God is a God of exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. I got our cash up up there. Just put the name up there. I, I, just get the name up there. And any of y'all who have a need and want to believe God, I need y'all to cash up her. Five, 10, 15. Some of y'all going to give 20. Some of y'all going to give 30 because she has a need. And see what the body of Christ is for? What the body of Christ is for? This is what we're supposed to be doing. So any of y'all who believe God, get your skin on. Get your seed on and start seeding into the woman who in our family. Come back up here, daddy. Come in, see, can your family have some needs? And see, they was willing to give up what they didn't really have. I called her, like, can I have $5 today? She said, yeah, I think I can do that, Pastor. I, thank you. I'll I, I, I deal with you later. She, because she was willing to trust, we got, we bought, we bought lunch. We got some Chipotle cards up here. I don't know if y'all like chicken burritos. And, and we got gas card up here, fill up the tank. And see, I thought we could just keep going because God is never going to let you outdo him. So I need y'all to fill up her cash out. With some fives and some tens and some fifteens and some twenties and some twenty-fives and some thirties, and we just gonna keep going. And five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty, forty-five, fifty, fifty-five, sixty, sixty-five, seventy, seventy-five, eighty, eighty-five, ninety, ninety-five, We just gonna keep going, and I'm gonna just give y'all some more time to get y'all cell phones out. I, I, I want y'all to give. See, see, some of y'all just give up your resources. See, some of y'all got some needs, and see, you need to be able to celebrate when it's not your season yet. But put the seed in there. Spit the seed into them. Some of y'all got cash. Just come throw it on the table somewhere up here. If you guys want to just come put it with my put it with my stack. Yeah. Because some of y'all have some needs and what God's gonna challenge you to do today is challenge you in your faith. He's gonna challenge you in faith. So let's keep going. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 65, 60. I remember schoolhouse rock. 75, 80, 85, 90, 100. See, I'm gonna give y'all time because. So this family is a young family, and they have some needs. And, and the thing is, what I like to do in the body of Christ as much as we possibly can, 
See, we, we can have all the money we ever can have. But the body of Christ is supposed to wrap our arms around our young families and say, it's okay. We got y'all. So let me keep counting. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 55, 60, 55, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 100, 5, 10, 15, I ain't, I ain't lost count. We're going to just, yeah, just, uh. See, when God say exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think, they didn't ask for this. He didn't ask me for this. I just said, see, see, I just said, do you mind? Can you just, do you mind trusting me? I need five. I need a seed from you. Actually, I need to take y'all five back because that's a seed into the church. Here, there you go. That's a seed into the, the ministry. Now, I, I, I'm going to have y'all move in faith to put it in that red box. Not now, just hold on. Because they, they seed it. And what God is asking for is here, I'm an addition by subtraction. When you give up yourself, ooh, what I'm capable of doing for you when you trust me. If you help me out, help me out. It's just so much. God's just been so good. And, yeah. But I'm trying to get us to understand today is God hears you and he sees you. We have to trust his mathematics. He works differently than we do. Last year, we, when we, 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 uh, year before last, we was worshiping in our church. Uh, in our living room when we had just planted a church. And one of our good friends of ours, we met her in Kona. She, me and my wife was at Kona, and she's like, I ain't never seen nobody pray in here. Y'all believers too? And she came over and prayed with us. So every time we went to Kona, we would leave her 50 bucks, 50s, $100, something crazy. I said, we won't come in here without minimum leaving her 50 bucks. So we wouldn't even, we, wouldn't, we used to not even want Kona. But we would go eat Kona just to be a blessing. And when anybody came to Kona with, her, with us, I would force them like, Hey, not forcing, but I would talk them into it like, hey, come on, let's be big. One time we gave her 500, and she came to worship with us in our living room, and we gave her 1,000. And she's like, why do y'all keep blessing me, bro? What's wrong with y'all? I said, I don't know. God just told us to. And, and she, she called me like a day or two later crying. She said, somebody broke in my car, stole everything, messed my car up, cash car, I didn't have insurance. And she said, if it wasn't for y'all check yesterday. God, see, see she, when she got the gift, she's like, no, 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 please don't give me this. But God said, you, I, I, if something going to happen tomorrow, I'm going to get, I'm going to go, I'm going to plan out your future. I see what you don't see. I'm sovereign. I'm sovereign. Go, be blessed. Pay as many bills as y'all can. Stay faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Salvation is free. It only takes belief. And I got to prove this to y'all because when I say that you don't go to hell for sin, you go to hell for unbelief. Oh, my God, for some reason, the body of Christ freaks out. And, and so I want to give y'all this. I'm going to prove this today. See, sin was put on the cross of Christ. So sin is not an issue for God anymore. His issue is, do you believe in his son? That's the key. That's the bridge to him now. And a lot of us believe that that's, we don't even understand. We so be perfect. We don't even understand that we're in God's territory trying to prove our salvation to him. 
Mm -mm. God says, I made a way for you, made right with me without keeping the requirements of the law. Paul said it to the Roman church. So I want to prove it to y'all. Let me make this clear too. Living holy is the thing. We believe Jesus is Lord. Lord is translated two ways in the Bible, Adonai and Yahweh. Yahweh, he is God. Adonai, he is master over our lives. We believe in living holy. So for some reason, every time I say that, people are like, you just say you can live how you want to. Absolutely not. You'll be a fool. The Bible said, Peter said, you'll be a fool to come into the knowledge of Christ and return to sin. It's like a pig returning to the mud. We believe in living holy. We're not a young church that's saying, but we covered by grace. Go to the club. I'm, I'm going to make that clear because for some reason, <laughs> and that what it is, the Antichrist spirit is operating in them, that grabs their hearts and their minds. Let me prove it to you. You go to hell. You go to hell for disbelief, not sin. Watch this. Salvation is free. It only takes your belief. Go to Luke chapter 23. I could probably show you 40 verses in the Bible that say believe, believe, believe. We just read a few. But let me just help you. Two other small criminals were led out to be executed with him. Here's our Easter sermon. When they came to the place called the skull, Calvary. So Jesus is up there getting crucified with these two, these two other guys. There's three of them up there. They nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one in his right, one in his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothing, thrown by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. Which leaders? The preachers, the church, the deacons. They scoffed, sitting there, yeah, I bet you won't mess up the law no more. I bet you won't come claiming to be God no more. King of the Jews, huh? Ha <laughs> ha. And honestly, too often, we still, have that, 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 we still have that heart posture in the church. We look at the person that can't stop smoking or struggling, and instead of us loving them as Christ did, Lord, forgive them and praying for them, we scoffing at them. Get up out of here. You don't belong here. You ain't, you ain't churchy enough. Why you got them shorts on? Why you got that skirt on? You, you ain't, we know you just, you just look like you, Jezebel. No, no, no. Actually, Jezebel is not actually a, a, a loose woman. It's actually a manipulative, conniving one. So actually, you're the Jezebel. And we, instead of us loving people, as the scripture says, we do, we scoff. Verse 35, the crowd watching, the leader scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself. If he really is God, God's Messiah, the chosen one, the soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of wine. You want some? You thirsty? Here, let me get this spoiled milk. You thirsty? Ha, you ain't no king. Ha. Verse 37, they call out to him. If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fashioned above him with these words, this is the king of the Jews. This is what he did for you. This is what he did for you. Remember, he who knew no sin, he didn't do nothing wrong. Now watch this. He said, Father, forgive them for they know what they're doing. He's still saving you even while they're murdering him. They're murdering him at that moment. He's still forgiving. He's still saving. He's still covering. But watch this. Verse 39. One of the criminals hanging behind him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too while you at it. We up here dying, bro. You so godly. Get us off this. Verse 40. But the other criminal protested. Do you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? Bro, we about to die and you still on bull? We about to die, bro. And you still, or were you stupid? Do you know who this is? Watch what he says. Is it up there? I need y'all to see this. Yeah. Verse 41, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done a thing wrong, anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. 
And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. He never spoke in tongues. He never shouted. He never did anything right. He never got off the cross to witness to nobody. He never lived right. He died. He was in sin up until the cross, about to die. And all he did was put his faith in the one. All he did was repent it. Like, watch, watch, watch his words. Watch his words. Put that 42 back up there. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He, be he believed he was who he said that he was. A redeemer. He believed he was the Messiah. While everybody else is mocking him for calling himself Messiah, he said, this is the Messiah. Remember me when you go into your kingdom. Because I know where you're going. You're going right back to be with your father. Don't forget me. I believe you are who you say that you are. And what did Jesus say? Oh, we're not taking no time today. Because see, I'm going home. I'm about to die. So today, you'll be with me in paradise. And we so busy trying to work our way into heaven. And, and all he did was believed. And Jesus assured him, make no mistake about it. You're saved, buddy. And what I want to assure you today, if you put your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior over your sin, you shall be saved. I know that's too, I know that's so easy, right? I can't be that simple. Yeah, when you got a big guy doing big things, addition by subtraction, it is that simple. See, he could do what you could not do. So it's that simple for him. And the Bible says in Revelations that the Lamb of God is before the throne. So the payment for sin is laying there. It's been paid. What needs to happen is laying. So when we come into the judgment seat of Christ, it's going to be two judgments. Ones who believed, ones who believed, and ones who didn't. When we come to the judgment seat of Christ, he's going to be rewarding us according to our works. So someone's going to go into heaven broke. We, we did not give God much of our life, and we're going to go into heaven broke. Just sweeping around, go streets, sweeping out my door. I'm going to have a mansion. Sweeping like around me, washing my chariot on my, washing my, my gold chariot wheels, my spinners. I'm going to have spinners in heaven. I'll be dipping down the valley, just spinning, chopping through there. The ones of us who gave up their life and committed it to the word of God and committed to his ways, he said, you build up riches in heaven where moth and rust can't get to them. You earn crowns of victory in heaven. And some of us are going to get in by the hair of our chinny chin chin. Because we wanted to live our whole lives the way we wanted to. And we never gave him anything. And some of y'all are going to be heavenly ballers. Because y'all said, I'm living for Christ. I'm lining my will up with his life. I'm lining my time, talent, and treasure up with what he want for me. And I, he, when it's time for him, when you stand before him, see what's going to happen as we go to heaven, he's going to put this fire on your life. And he's going to burn up everything that he can't reward you for. Because you believe in Jesus Christ, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm not making this up. He's going to put the fire in your life. He's going to burn up all the impurities. Only what's left is what he can reward you for. And then the other one is going to be for people who didn't believe. They're going to, it's going to be levels in heaven and levels in hell of reward. So if you was, didn't believe in Jesus and you was a great person but you didn't believe, you, you're going to have, it's going to be levels of, of what you have to go through did whatever and lived however and was a fool yeah it's going to be levels in hell it's like it's going to be levels of reward and riches in heaven I wanted to give y'all this because our Easter lesson is going to be a little different I never really preach a traditional Easter lesson and what I wanted to remind us of today is how much and how important the cross of Christ was it was addition by subtraction 
And he took on the payment for your sins. Come on, ministers. He took on the payment for your sins. And now I want to do my favorite part of the sermon. This is what I live for. 